Greetings from Ayers Christian Center Church to you. We are excited that you've joined us this evening. Uh, we're expecting the mighty move of God today. We're expecting God to just reveal to us uh, what he has purposed for this day. So I encourage you right now to get your pen and your pad. Get ready to write some notes down. Uh, open your ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying this evening, as well as opening your heart to receive. And so we're excited that you've joined us today. I'm going to start off with prayer, and then, Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for this wonderful day that you have made, and we will rejoice in it and be glad. We thank you for your presence, your peace, your power upon us right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place right now. I ask right now that you would use your servant in a mighty way, that your word, your will, and your way will be done in the name of Jesus. Father, we decree and declare that right now all over uh, the building, all over the uh, airways, all over this place right now, Father, those that are, in stand, that are standing in need of prayer, standing in need of healing, standing in the need of comfort, I'm asking you to do that right now in the name of Jesus. So thank you, Lord, for just who you are and who we are in you. In Jesus' name we pray. And those that agree with that prayer, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God, you deserve all the glory, the praise, honor. Hallelujah. We worship you this evening right now. We realize, God, that we are nothing. We can do nothing without you. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. All the praises and honor goes to you, God. Hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Mm, yes, it does. My hallelujah belongs to you. Jesus. My hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. My hallelujah. To you, hallelujah belongs. To you. I say and I cry out, glory, hallelujah. You are worthy of praise, you are worthy of honor, Lord. And we bless your holy name today. Yeah, you deserve it, Lord. Oh, yes, you do, Lord. Jesus. All of the glory belongs to you, Lord. Hallelujah. We lift our hands to you, God. All the glory, all the praises belong to you. Ooh, all the glory belongs to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You deserve 
you up lord magnify exalt you just thank and praise you for your peace your presence your power and what you purpose for us today in jesus name amen thank you pastor melanie for opening us up with a a good word we're gonna get into uh today's message which is uh signs of the time we've been going through it of course there's a lot of exhaustive information but today we're gonna Spend some time, because I promised you last week to get into the marriage supper of the Lamb, because uh, we had talked about the second coming. So we're going to get into the marriage supper of the Lamb, and we're going to get into some other things. But today, even though we've been exhaustively going through detail, you're going to see why there is a genesis through Revelation. You're going to see the purpose of, of this whole process and, and why you have some people that... Uh, be at the uh, supper <laughs> and some people that won't some people that in those last days will walk up and Christ will say depart from me you work of inequity I do not know you uh, we're actually going to get some clarity today why you know maybe uh, some of the 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 information that that we've been getting during these last times are cheating us or compromising us for actually having that meal with Christ, having that uh, that uh, <laughs> that supper with Him. All right, so let's 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 just dive into this, just so we can understand, uh, get some understanding here. Um, we're going to start with Revelation 19, Revelation 19 verses six through ten. You know, again, we know sometimes people avoid, <laughs> for whatever reason, read the Revelation, but you get some good insight, 
And hopefully this will really, really uh, be a blessing to you. Let's start with verse 6 here. It says, uh, and I heard as it was the voice of a great multitude. I'm reading from the King James Version. And as the voice of many waters and as the voice of mighty thunder and saying, hallelujah. It says, for the Lord God omnipotent or powerful reigneth. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come. There you have it indicated. And his wife has made, made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed with fine linen. And I want you to emphasize that, highlight that in your Bible. Fine linen and clean and white. Now look at this. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Uh, that's going to uh, stand out for us later on today. So highlight righteousness of the saint. The fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So here is, is our first indication of uh, the marriage, marriage supper of the Lamb, and, and how blessed are those that will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So, but the interesting thing is, here is indicating that everybody's not going to be at the supper. See, because if everybody automatically was going to be at the supper, if, if we automatically were included in the supper, if just because Christ showed up and, and we came down and uh, uh, confessed Jesus or, or got the right hand of fellowship in some churches, uh, it doesn't guarantee that we'll be at the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, which we'll get into more detail here later. Let's look at uh, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. I think you'll love what we're going to talk about today just just because it'll clear up a whole lot of things about these last times in our lives these end times or the end of ages all right verse 29 uh matthew 24 verse 29 it says immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the power of the heavens shall be shaken, right? And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in a cloud as in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And, she, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. So, again, highlighted there is his elect. There's an elect that will be gathered, right? Matthew 24, 29 through 31. Let's go through Matthew 25, starting with verse 31. So we have... Some that will be at the marriage, and we also have here indicated there's an elect 
that will be chosen at the last time. There's people that are elected that will be. The scripture says uh, many are called, but few are chosen, right? We know, we know that from the scripture. Many are called, but few are chosen. I think it's how we handle the call. It determines if we'll be chosen. You know, like, you know, I think calling is a given, but being chosen is rare. Calling is a given, but being chosen is rare. All right, so Matthew 25, and we'll start here, verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all his and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory and before him shall be gathered all nations and he shall separate them one from another. Once again, look, he, he's separating them. <laughs> All right. So, so everybody came together, but <laughs> so you got to You got to picture this. Though. So everybody's coming together. But, OK, now, nah, now nah, you over here. Now, nah, now nah, you over here. Now, nah, now, nah, now nah, you over there and you over here. <laughs> right. So it's like you, you it's like everybody can short with a confidence. But <laughs> the reality is, you know, uh, remember, the scripture says uh, when you're called to uh, an event or a feast, it says don't sit at the head seat. He said, like, you sit at the head seat, uh, somebody may come to you and say, oh, oh, no, that seat's for somebody else. You go to the back, right? So it says just, you know, be called to the front. Don't push your way to the front because you might be the person that's, that ends up in the back. So here it's a, a separation going on, right? He says separate one from another. And, and my wife highlighted this scripture a few weeks ago. As the shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. So, so even it was when she first told me about the sheep and the goat, you know, my wife be telling me stuff. So I, you know, me that I go in to study. I was like, so I was just thinking the difference between sheep and goat. There's one particular indication that goats are greedy. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, she, you know, sheep sheep are are almost humbling themselves to be guided, but goats are greedy. But anyway, that 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 was what I got. That's not necessarily in the scripture. It says, as, as the shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, look, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, the sheep, come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the world. Look, look, now he's breaking down why he selected the sheep from the goats. He says, for I was a hunger and you gave me meat. He says, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Naked and you clothed me. Right? Now, remember, we, we, we already read back in the other, uh, in, in Revelation, that when they, those that had the fine linen, their clothing was what? Righteousness. He says, so, he says, naked and you clothed me. He says, I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer, uh, then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw we a stranger and took thee in or naked and clothed thee? What, or when saw we thee sick in prison and came unto thee? Now, the interesting thing is he's not talking about the goats. He's talking about the sheep. The sheep actually said, okay, so you said we're blessed because we did these things. When did we do these things? <laughs> now, now, so, so, so hi, focus on this. 
Christ is selecting sheep from goat. He's saying these on his right hand. These are the righteous that I'm setting up that, that are going to be blessed, right? That's going to basically participate in the supper. Those that were selected were so humble and so unaware. They're like, so when do we do these things? Versus, well, he said I did them, so I'm in. I ain't going to say nothing. Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. He might realize I didn't do this. No, that's like, so when did, we do, when did we do these things that you say we are worthy of? So for them, his description of what they did to be worthy, to be blessed, and to be selected, they didn't comprehend as uh, facilitating these things. I want you to, 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 to focus on that because I'm going to explain that in a second. And then the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Right? It says, then shall he say, say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was a hunger, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed, clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they say, they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hunger, or thirst, or strange, or naked, or sick, or, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? So now look, those that were selected was like, I don't recall us ever doing this. And we, we getting in? Those that weren't selected was like, but, but what are you talking about? We did these things. Everything you listed, we've done those things. So when did we not do these things? Almost like, nah, I need to get in. <laughs> like, I don't understand. <laughs> My whole life I thought I was getting in, right? All right, so, so, so think about that for a second. And then it says, uh, uh, let's see, then shall he answer them, saying, Barely I say unto you, insomuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous, uh, but the Key word here, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, now look here. We read here in Revelations 19, 6 through 10, how he was saying that uh, at the supper, it was saying that, that there'll be people clothed clean and white, right? And it says that the, the, they're, they're in fine linen, but the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints, so, so, so they're in do, adorned in righteousness. And then you have here where it talked about, uh, I, I needed clothes and you didn't clothe me, right? But you might think he's talking about just natural clothing. Yes, do good deeds for people, but he's not highlighting. Like, okay, so in other words, you have seven coats, you gave somebody a coat. And you go on, this coat's going to get me into heaven. This is not necessarily saying that. It's saying, okay, that's the least you could do. What the scripture says in Romans 12, 1, it says, present yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. The least you can do is present yourself as a living sacrifice. So sometimes people are thinking just the, the, the things that they're willing to do is their only merit to get in the kingdom. But this says something about being clothed with righteousness, and then after he selected he made a selection, sent some into eternal fire, the goats. At the end, it, 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 it sealed or it, it, 
it's surmised the people that were selected as the righteous. It says the righteous into eternal life. So I don't think this is, a, this is as much about relieving the burdens of this present life to get you into the kingdom. I think it's more about us relieving the burdens of people's eternal soul. I think God's selection process for the, the sheep and the goat, I think the sheep who hear his voice is what the scripture says in John chapter 10. I think the sheep are people that hear him freely as they've been given, freely they give. So the biggest thing that we've gotten by Christ dying is not the clothes, it's not the food, it's not the drink. The biggest thing that we've gotten is to be at that supper. Remember, remember when the, uh, uh, Jesus took the sin of the disciples out and he gave them power. He gave them power and they, you know, they was healing and, and, and casting out demons. So they came back, master, master, even the demons are subject unto us. And Jesus said, okay, calm down. He says, you know, just be happy that your name is in the book of life, right? Right? So, so, so he said those things that you just did are, are some wonderful things, but the, the most important thing is if you're written in this book, all right? So, so with that in mind, the scripture talks about inheriting a, that, that the righteous or those that were the sheep was gonna inherit a kingdom that was prepared for them for the foundations of the world. Then he broke down, he says, I was hungry and you gave me meat. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Interesting enough, when Jesus was teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes of Matthew 5, chapter six, he says, uh, they that hunger and thirst after what? Righteousness shall be filled. Right? So when he says, I was hungered and you gave me meat. Look, look, Jesus, when he was, they was talking to Jesus one time, he said, my meat is what? To do the will of the father. <laughs> so when he said, I was hungered and you gave me meat, he said, basically, my nourishment was doing the will of the father. He said, so, so, so when we minister to this person, this, this same bread that he gave to us, right? He says, I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. Remember, he told the young lady at the well in, uh, in uh, John, uh, John chapter 4 and John chapter 7. He says, this water that I give you, you'll never thirst. <laughs> right? So, he, so, so, so again, hunger and thirst after righteousness. Remember, he said the righteous, the fine linen are the righteousness of the saints. So, then he says, I was a stranger, you took me in. I think that's, as much as that's highlighting if you're a stranger and a, a stranger needs help, I think it's highlighting people that are without the kingdom, us ministering salvation to them and bringing them into a place of righteousness with God. So look here at Ephesians, Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 verse 6. Just want us to see this from a different angle today because, you know, it's always been perplexing to people when they says in the last days there's going to be uh, people that says, well, I cast out demons and heal the sick and raise the dead in your name. He says, depart from me, you work of inequity. I do not know you. Um, and so look here, Ephesians 3, 6, it says, look, it says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So those were strangers that he talked about them being partakers also. Go over to Romans 11. Romans 11, verse 
Let me slow down a little bit for my my friend. <laughs> Romans 11, uh, verse 17. Uh, do I want to read 16? Well, I'm going to just read 16, even though I, have, I, I gave you guys Romans 11, 17. It says, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Verse 17. If some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, pretty much out of the fold, was grafted in among them, and with them partaketh of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. So, so you know, this is just, being, just broken down how, how the Gentiles were the wild olive. They was outside of the body. And, you know, in this particular time, you know, Paul was, Paul and Peter and them learned that they, they had to minister to the Gentiles also. So they weren't grafted in. But they were instructed that don't take for granted that you weren't grafted in and those that were originally in were excluded. It said, don't take it for granted. It says, because just like they took it for granted and they were, if they were removed, you definitely going to be removed. But this is about strangers being engrafted in, right? So when he says, I was a stranger and you took me in, right? You gave me an opportunity to be righteous also, right? It says, I was naked and you clothed me. Look, remember, clothed with the linen, the fine linen of righteousness, right? It says, I was sick and you visited me. Jesus, Jesus said this. Let's go to Mark chapter 2. Because I wanted you to look at it from a different way. Remember the scriptures, when Jesus is talking, a lot of times he talked in parables. So there's a, there's a heavenly as well, eternal as well as a natural meaning to the scripture, right? Mark chapter 2, verse 17. All right, so Mark 2, 2 17, this is, this is good. Just in case you think I'm just pulling this whole righteousness out of, out of, out of my hat here. It says, uh, verse 17, it says, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, look, it says, they that are whole have no need of a physician. Right? Okay, so just for conversation, we're going to get to 2.17. So just so you get a little backdrop, I'm going to start with verse 13. Right, and then read through. It says, For when he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto, him, resorted unto him, and he taught them, and as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and the Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and the sinners, they said unto the disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are, keyword sick. He says, I came not to call the right... Uh, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So notice after the colon, after he said, he, he contrasted whole and sick. He said the whole don't need a physician, but the sick do. But right after that, he explained, I, I didn't call to the righteous, those that are well, 
I came to the sinners to call them to repentance. He's labeling them as the sick people. Right? So, so when the scripture says, I was sick and you visited me not. <laughs> so sick people are in need of righteousness based on what the scripture just said. They, they, what's making them, what's, what's causing them to be ill and missing something? They're outside of a covenant. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, it says we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Poverty, sickness, and death. That's the curse of the law. Summarize, you know, we don't have to get into it right now, Deuteronomy 28, uh, the, uh, after the first 14, uh, 14 uh, scriptures of blessing, there's from 15 to like 60-something scriptures of the curse, but it's summarized as poverty, sickness, and death. So, so here when he says, uh, I was sick and you visited me not. <laughs> See, there are people out there that are sick without Christ. And, and we're walking right by. Okay? He says, I was in prison and you came unto me not. Now, that's, that's pretty simple. I mean, Luke 4, when Jesus said, I've been uh, anointed, uh, the Lord has anointed me, what, the, 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 the release the captives, right? <laughs> right? Right? Those that are bound, bound by uh, sin. Um, you know, again, yes, people are going to be sent into the lake of fire and chained up, but they're going to be sent to what they're used to. They've been chained up with sin their entire life. So they'll be living chained up in sin. So, but our job, you know, as freely has been given to us to be in right standing with God is to assist others to get in right standing with God also. Not to be so caught up in ourselves that we lose sight of having an opportunity to minister righteousness. So I wanted to highlight that because people always talk about the marriage supper of the Lamb and there's a selection process for the marriage supper of the Lamb. That selection process is harmonized with the righteous, those that are in right standing with God, right? Living righteous, not, not, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. Let's go to Revelations 19. We'll talk about this battle of Armageddon real quick, Revelations 19. And I want to remind you guys uh, that, uh, at the end, you can call in, ask questions. So uh, we'll pop that, uh, our call-in, our normal call-in number to call in the service. But if everybody calls in at the same time, the lines are going to be blocked. So maybe time out. The message probably has another, another 25 minutes on it or so. And, you know, call in, mute your live feed because it'll be a delay and it'll sound kind of confusing. All right? And so just so we can hear what you have to say. Where I tell you to turn? Revelations 19, right? I thought this was pretty interesting too. So you always hear about the battle of Armageddon. So Revelation 19, starting with verse 11. It says, I saw heaven open and behold a, a white horse. Now this is not the counterfeit white horse that uh, was released during some of the trials that had a had a bow with no arrows, you know. <laughs> we ain't talking about that one. This is the real deal. And he said upon him, uh, he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head was, uh, and on his head were many crowns, and he had 
a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with, the vet, with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name was called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon the white horse. Look, clothed in fine linen. We know that's clothed in what? Righteousness. Uh, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. We know that's the word. That with it, uh, that with it he should smite the nations and he should rule them with the rod of iron. And he treadeth the, he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the fowls that fly in the midst of heaven, come and gather yourself together unto the supper of the great God, that ye may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of captains and the flesh of mighty and the flesh of horses and of them that sit on them and the flesh of men, both free and bond, both small and great. And I saw the beasts and the kingdoms of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his holy army. And the beast was taken, was taken with him. Look, the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast, right? And them that worshiped his image, they both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the remnant was, were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceedeth out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So this is battle of Armageddon, but it's really not really a battle, as you'll see. You know, the, the, the priest was given an option. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the people uh, were, were operating in a level of uh, deception and rain for a long time. Christ shows up. We out. Like it's not even, it's called a battle, <laughs> but it's not really a battle. I was watching something the other day. I won't say specifically what it is, but I was telling my, I was, uh, my wife was watching it. I kind of walked by and this uh, young lady on this particular show, uh, her sister came at her. And so she, uh, she, uh, she says, uh, if, you, uh, if you don't get, I don't know, if you don't get away from me, I'm going to punch you in your face. And so this particular show, these people aren't like, hood folk you know so i was like uh they just playing well the the the, the young lady hauled off a hitter well so i, I kind of looked on the screen and then she just kept hitting her so i was so so uh me and my wife was talking she was like yeah you know man they was they was, they was really going out they was fighting i said babe that wasn't a fight that was a beat down <laughs> right that was kind of a beat down well i think this at, at this particular time is not really a fight it's just Christ beating down the adversary. All right. So just for the sake of time, I just wanted to give you, a, I just wanted to hit, hit the, uh, the battle of Armageddon because I told you I would talk about it. But let's get into the millennial reign of Christ, that thousand years you always hear about. All right. Let's go to Matthew 19. We're going to go to Revelation 20. That's when it talks about it. But we'll start with Matthew 19, uh, 27. Matthew 19. So Matthew 19, verse 27, it says, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. 
what shall what shall we have therefore? So this this was when after Jesus had talked to the rich young ruler, well the rich young ruler is wanted to be blessed. So he says, okay. And he said this to the rich young ruler. He didn't say it to everybody that he ran into that was rich. He said it to this guy because he discerned his heart and he knew that he was hoarding his stuff. So he says, just sell everything you have and give to the poor. And so the guy was sorrowful. And so he was sorrowful, so, and so, so it was broken down. It's harder for a rich man to get into to the kingdom, almost like a camel to get through an eye of a needle. Now, it wasn't talking about an actual uh, sewing needle. You know, <laughs> I mean, a camel can't get through a sewing needle at all. Back then in, that, in their time, the, uh, when, you, know, you know, back in some of those countries, there's countries, they had gates around the kingdom. The gates had, had, had uh, doorways to go through. They were shaped like the eye of a needle. So when a camel would come in, they would have this big load on top of their back. So the camel would have to come. If the load was too high, they would have to take off some of the load, kneel down and crawl through the eye of a needle, the, the gate, then once they got through, then they would put the load back on their back. So it was, it was, a, it was difficult because they were carrying so much. But it, did, it doesn't mean the eye of a sewing needle. It was hard for a camel to get through the eye of a sewing needle. So after, after Jesus says the disciples who, who was well off in their life, obviously they said, well, then who can be saved? <laughs> like, we have stuff. So, so you're saying we can't get into heaven. So then, he, you know, he, he started to... Uh, 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 then Jesus answered in verse 26, he said, uh, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So it's even possible for a rich man to get into heaven, basically. And then uh, 28, and Jesus said unto them, verily I say unto you, uh, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, that's what he's referring to, the millennial reign. In the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you also shall sit upon the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember, we had read earlier when we went through the signs of the time, there was 24 elders, 24 elders representing uh, the disciples and the, and the 12 children of Israel, because they said they would judge the 12 tribes. So that represented the 24 elders. We had, we had talked about that a few weeks ago. I know I'm going kind of fast. Uh, verse 29, it says that everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Remember, we went over that too, how in the last days, if you look at the progression you know, it, it, talked, it talked about those that, are, that will be at the end time that will be challenged with taking the, uh, the mark of the beast. Those that, well, I ain't taking the mark. You could take my head, you could take my life. I'm not taking the mark, right? It says those are the people that will, will, will be gathered with Christ first, but they were the last that represented him and went through the most in the heat of most to say, listen, you just have to take my head off. I'm not doing it, right? So, that, so, so Jesus was referencing uh, the time that we're about to discuss here in Revelations 20. Let's go over there, Revelations 20.
it's it's a it's you know you know we challenge ourselves to just be consistent and trust God and and not compromise our life with him. You know, we have peace, you know, reading through revelations and looking forward to whenever that time comes. You know, enjoy your life now. And the scripture says, uh, uh, now in this time and the time to come. It says you, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time and the time to come, all right? All right, so let's do uh, Revelations 20. It's a lot of information, but I think it's good for us since this is this would be good to be hanging out for I think about a thousand years. It says, and I saw an angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and the great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up. And this ain't the end end. This is just, he's, he's on suspension, you know, saying so like, <laughs> He's, he, you know, he can't play this season for a thousand years. And he cast him in the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till, look, it says, so it says, it's a four period of time, till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. And, and you'll see it was a real little season when he was loosed. And I saw thrones, and they, they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, and I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. Remember, we talked about those that wouldn't take the mark. And the word of God, and for, the, I'm sorry, them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads and in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. Right? This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death, eternal separation from God in the lake of fire has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years had expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out and to deceive the nations which are in the four, four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. And the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. So now... Now they're gathering together, you know, figuring they're going to, hey, listen, we, see, we saw the power. We were bound for a thousand years. Let's gather ourselves together so we could take these saints out. And they, and they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. And the beloved city and fire came down out of heaven and devoured them. Like, so here, they only got to gather. Remember it said Satan was released for a little season? They only got to gather. That's all they got to do. They only, they, they, picture this, like, Satan is like, oh, man, they got me bound for a thousand years. If I ever get out of here, you know, you hear people, well, if I get out of here, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get mine. So he gets out, <laughs> right? And he goes, I, I'm, I'm going to go to the depths of, 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 of the, the worst in hell and gather my army together because I'm not going to be put back in that lake of fire. Lake, lake, of fire, lake of fire. All he did was to get the gathering. That was it. He had, 
His little season was enough time to gather. Remember the scripture says no weapon formed against us can prosper. By the time he gathered, got everybody together, I could see God going, you got enough? Well, no, 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 go, go and get some more. You get some more people. You might not have enough. No, no, we'll wait. <laughs> so so he, got, he gathers this army together, right? And it, says, and it says, fire came down from heaven and devoured him. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Right? And then it says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it for whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the small, the great stand before God and the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. So we, we, we think that the things we do have no value, but this just says according to their works. They're judged according to their works. Determination is being made based on how they applied uh, Christ's blood sacrifice. Did they take it for granted or did they use it to, to access others to participate in being covered by the blood, right? It says, uh, and, it says, and the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they would judge, look, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, right? So, so again, we have our way of looking at things, you know, as my wife does the teaching on evangelism where she says people go, well, my God wouldn't do that. Your God might not. But, but, but I, I think it's real simple. God has already established things. He's drawn a line in the sand and he's given us choice. I set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. He's saying choose life. But you can choose death. You can choose compromise. You can choose the devil if you want to. But when you make that choice, there's consequences attached. So, so when we say, well, you know, my God, he understands. Why would God understand? That's just like coming in the house. I love my wife. Coming in the house, and I go, well, babe, you understand. I love you, but I'm not going to live with you for probably the next six months. I'll see you in about another six months. Look, look <laughs> you see her face. Right. But, but I tell you, well, baby, you understand. Psh, girl, we've been together 28 years. You know I love you. Right? That's how we rolling? But we expect God to go. Our actions are, are, been, are chasing the devil, living for the devil, but we expect God to understand. But God's saying, no, 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 you're, you're making your choice. That's, that's what you wanted. Like, so why, why are you making that choice but want my benefits? I repeat that. God is saying, you're making this choice. This is the consequences attached to that choice, but you want my benefits. If you want my benefits, make, make the righteous choice that keeps you in harmony with me. Right? And, and if, you, if, if, if it's sometimes you feel weak and you're not strong, don't worry. I'm made strong in your time of weakness. If you don't think you can follow through with it, don't worry. Be confident in this very thing. I've begun a good work in you. I'll perform it to the day of Christ Jesus. Hey, I'll work in you to willing to do my good pleasure. I just need you to yield. Right? He says, I'll help you out. He says, I'm, I'm faithful. I not only call you, but I'll do it. It says in the Thessalonians, right? And so, so I think uh, 
I think that's enough for today. <laughs> I think that's enough for today. So, so let's let's uh, let's let's talk about some of the things that that God highlighted as far as uh, just that that righteousness piece, but also just you know how there's a selection process, and it's not it's it's, it's not meant for punishment at all. It's it's, it's you can identify whose heart's with you. Like we do it in our lives. We say, you'll look, you know, if you love me, you, <laughs> you know, you love me, you would do this. You know, you love me, you buy me this. Or if you love me, you know, you spend all your time with me and forget what you're doing. So we, we, we operate that way. I think God in advance says, hey, this is all you got to do. And then he's doing all the work involved. He paid the price. <laughs> right? He's just, he's, he paid the price. He's saying, I'll empower you with my Holy Spirit to help you willing to do my good pleasure. All you have to do is choose to yield to me. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, only accept one to me, which is your reason to serve. What you have to do is confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe God raised him from the dead, and hey, you shall be saved. But it has to be with your heart. With your heart, you believe. You confess with your mouth, with your heart. So it can't be just lip service. You know, honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. Now, I need your heart, too, right? So that's all we have to do is give them our heart, right? We talked about that in Heart Seeds, right? I uh, gave you guys time to call in, give me some thoughts. What stood out for you today? What did it make you, what did it make you think about? What did you realize? Uh, how were you challenged as we were talked about signs of the time? I know I didn't get into uh, um, some of the last part because I didn't want to be too exhaustive because I'm already, you know, I, I guess I could have got into the new heavens and new earth. We'll, get, we'll let you chime in if you have a thought. And if, if we have a couple of extra moments, I'll get into the new heavens and the new earth.